Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we introduce Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy from Macworld, who will talk about a whole lot of subjects. And I think I'll maybe ask him about the possibility of an Apple subscription TV service and how does that impact people who live in Europe. We'll hear from Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer to join us with a big plate to deal with here. We'll talk a little bit later about Apple Watch, obviously. We'll also talk about other things from Apple, but possibly the biggest story that has arisen this week started, I guess, in Recode and the Wall Street Journal saying that Apple is now negotiating or in the final stages of negotiating with the entertainment companies to bring you a subscription TV service. But the question I asked Brian Chaffin is, does the world need another TV service here in the USA? Well, yeah, the world needs in the USA. Let's actually, let's kind of separate those two, right? Because, um, Television markets are different uh, all over the planet. The U.S. market is uh, probably, I, actually, I'm only assuming it's the biggest in terms of money, surely, right? Anyway, let's make, let's make that a given. Just, just between you and me, no one else is listening. Let's just make that a given. The U.S. market's the biggest TV market in the world. What do you think? I wouldn't guess, but I have a feeling that even if it's not, a lot of these shows originate in the U.S. and they're either presented overseas, presented with translations, or they have their own version, like in the UK. They've had a show called Law and Order UK, where they take the scripts from the American version of the show, and that original one is no longer on the air. They take the script, they modify it for Great Britain with different actors. In fact, one of the actors was playing the equivalent of the DA here was Peter Davison, a former Doctor Who. Uh-huh. I see. That's good. To, that's good to know. Of course, there's, there's actually a lot of back and forth between the UK and uh, Hollywood for uh, TV shows. But that's also let's let's just let's put that aside, too. Let's look at the, the service itself. The, and the reason I ask this, and this is something we can continue to discuss, is the fact is we have Sling TV now. We have Sony introducing a service and they all seem to be limited subsets of what you normally get with a cable or satellite package, except they're online. They're available for different devices like a PlayStation or maybe it'll be Apple TV or an iPad or something. So what does Apple bring to the table? Well, I, th- I think um, it's such a deep question. So we, we, in some ways, we need to start with whether or not the TV industry is ripe for disruption. And let's and let's let's so let's start right there. The, the TV industry has been dominated by networks, studios, and then cable, and then more recently cable and satellite for decades now, two, two three decades at least. And before that, of course, it was dominated by local land-based stations broadcasting uh, uh, TV shows over the air. And a lot of that has, or um, actually very little of that has changed in the last several years, despite the fact that we've had this this astounding revolution with uh, online delivery of all kinds of content, the cable companies still dominate delivery, and now increasingly they dominate both delivery of television content as well as um, 
uh, internet brought uh, internet access itself you know, you're, you're the the bandwidth that you use to get to the internet and with the marriage of NBC and Comcast you have one company that is actually the dominant cable in, uh, provider in the country the dominant or at least one of the dominant broadband providers and then also the owner of one of the dominant uh, networks and studio systems and this whole time, television prices have just gone up and up and up and up. You know, the, the, the price to get content has gone up while the price to buy a TV has gone down. That usually says that the industry is, in fact, a disruptable industry. And that's what Apple does best. Apple disrupts industries. It, and it does so by entering a market or addressing a need with a um, hardware and or service or software product where it controls one or more key technologies and just kind of mixes everything up. So does the TV industry need to be disrupted? And I would say the answer there is a resounding yes. All right. Disrupted in what way? What way does Apple disrupt it? I mean, so far, we realize that all we're hearing are rumors, and the rumors right. may not have the fine details. You know, they may know about the contracts being negotiated because loose lips at the entertainment companies may reveal that. But they don't know what the final interface be, how it's going to be offered. But obviously, there are serious questions you'd ask. Number one is, if you get a set of different channels, no matter what interface Apple provides, what do they do about the local stations? You can't tell people you can't watch the local stations because... They still get the largest audiences of any show. Yeah, it's true. So how but do you deliver that to them? Either you force someone to get a TV antenna, and then we get back to the original need for cable, which is people who live in areas that are not served by a traditional antenna still have no reception. That's why well, we that, had cable TV. Well, that actually TV. wasn't the original promise of, of cable. The original promise of cable was twofold. It was more channels than the you know three networks and a couple of local stations that most markets had and the promise of a of a much better picture well that goes back to the earliest days the earliest days people who lived in areas that weren't served by local stations they would get cable which would give them a collection of stations from a big city they'd have big antennas and they get the stations from a big city so you get a variety as you say then later on in the 1970s I think it was the FCC that mandated original content. So a lot of these stations had to have local programming. And then you had the original cable TV stations like USA Network and Sci-Fi and all that. But I'm looking at this because I physically worked for a radio station at one time in the 1970s that had a cable TV division. And when the FCC said you got to originate programming, I created a local news interview show. So I guess I could be a cable TV pioneer. Uh, you could be a cable TV pioneer, Gene. Or something. I haven't figured out what. <laughs> Fair enough. So your question was what, what actually needs disrupting? There are two things that I, that I see that need disrupting. One is price. Actually, three things. One, so one is price. One would be the interface by which we interact with all this stuff and the way we control all these TV shows. Uh, T TiVo, I think, has done a really good job of resetting the bar, but I don't know that TiVo really 
disrupted anything. Well, I don't know. Actually, that's not true. TiVo did disrupt the market a little bit. The problem is, is that the most of what they were doing was easily copyable. But the, the, so you've got the delivery, you've got the interface, and you've got uh, cost. And those are three areas where nothing much has changed. I mean, most of the interfaces that I've seen for any of the cable systems, they're, they're just terrible. TiVo, TiVo has a great one. DirecTV's was not as good as TiVo, but certainly better than uh, you know what would the, what everyone else was doing. I think Comcast has actually come a long way with its Xfinity interface, but I still think it's it's gaudy and ugly. Well, here in Arizona, we have Cox. They have an interface called Contour, and that's their version. Now, with DirecTV, they also offer TiVo as an option. You can get a TiVo box with a TiVo interface. So if you want it that way, there it is. But still, they're all variations on the same theme. It's just that TiVo was more refined, easier to use, easier to program season passes, stuff like that. And that's something that filtered to the other systems. So over time, they got better. I had direct TV at one time. I thought it was okay. Nothing spectacular. Never did consider the TiVo, although I think at that time they hadn't been offering TiVo. You can't keep up with the way these crazy contracts go. Let's go in to see what's ripe for disruption with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, considering Apple's expected TV subscription service. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Making the right decisions is a challenge to investors. Are we going to see economic growth, slide into a recession, or at worst, depression? Hi, Ted Anderson from Midas Resources. We all know when a company acts irresponsibly, divesting ourselves in a move towards safety is prudent. When the market becomes volatile, U.S. Treasuries are a safe haven. But what do you do when the U.S. government overextends itself and spends beyond Beyond its means, many investors are turning toward gold as a common-sense alternative to traditional paper investments. Midas Resources has put together a powerful book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, discussing costs, benefits, risks, featuring full-color illustrations, weights, and measures. The book is free and can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. Paper investments are dwarfed by gold's 6,000-year history. Discover how gold may be right for you and your IRA by calling 800 686 Whether buying or it's time for you to sell, the book is free. Call 800-686-2237. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendivite. 
would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy is close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the, the gut. It's working on the liver. It's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. By now, you may have heard a bit about Bitcoins. But did you know Bitcoins are now over an $8.5 billion market? And did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Why? Because BidBit.co is where you can easily receive Bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for Bitcoins. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. On the Tech Night Out Live, I'm Gene Steinberg. Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer is here. Now, Brian, we should point out to our listeners that we don't know 100% that Apple is going to get this done this year. Well, we don't. The one thing we do know 100% is that Apple has been working on this for years. We've had it from television executives. We've had it from, uh, we had it in Walter Isaacson's book, Steve Jobs, where Steve Jobs um, was quoted as saying that uh, he had cracked the code for or he had finally cracked it um, for the how to make an internet-connected TV with an interface that, that essentially didn't stink. We know that Apple's been working on this for a long time, and we know that the cable uh, uh, providers, the, 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 the networks, the cable providers, and the studios have all been scared out of their pants to get in bed with Apple on this because they don't want to lose control of the customer experience. Of course, the irony there is that the reason why they would lose it is because they they stink at making that experience, and Apple excels at it. So, like, <laughs> there, there's massive irony there. But the the established industry has resisted Apple's calls for this. But now it seems like we have Apple being a lot closer to that. We had two different sources because it was also the New York Post. They broke their own story saying that... Uh, Apple had agreed to share viewer data with the networks in order to get them on board. Now, what this means basically is what you watch, when you watch it, things like that. Not, 
stuff that's maybe too personal, but this is the kind of stuff that your cable or satellite provider gets now. So it's hardly different, is it? Well, I, you know, I'll tell you what's different. Yeah, in some ways, the the short answer is is you're right. It's no different. And even as uh, uh, Dave Hamilton wrote on the Mac Observer, there are lots of shows, lots of services right now that you get on your iPhone or iPad where you're already sharing data. So, like for instance, if you're a Netflix subscriber, Netflix gets the data on what you're watching because Netflix has to serve it, right? In order to get the content, you have to go to Netflix. You have to set up an account with Netflix. And this is true about any one of these services right. that isn't being offered by Apple. You have to set up billing arrangements with those services, even Hulu Plus, whatever you choose. And therefore, they know what you watch when you watch it. They have all those stats. And as long as it's not infringing on your privacy, that's not a problem. I don't mind that they know what I'm watching. Unless, you know, I'm watching the girly channel. I don't want my wife to know. Not that I'm doing that. <laughs> oh, good Lord, Gene. All right. The, the girly channels aside. The Playboy channel. Oh, okay. There you go. That aside, too. There is a, in my opinion, there is a marked difference between Apple allowing services on the App Store, like Netflix, like HBO Go, right? That as a byproduct of them even delivering their service in the first place, collect data on what you're watching, because again, they can't provide their service without getting that data. There's a difference between that and Apple becoming both the collector arbiter and disseminator of that information that's the thing that apple has actually said over and over again that it does not do and that we are entitled to our privacy so there is potential here for apple sharing data with the with the tv networks that actually goes against this grain of propaganda that we've gotten out of apple about about the company being interested in protecting us and protecting our privacy and protecting our data. But there's one more caveat. And that caveat is that the Post said that Apple was prepared to give viewer data to the networks, but we didn't get any details. There's a service that Apple already offers that collects data on users and serves out ads, and it's called iAd. iAd is an Apple-owned advertising network for in-app advertising. The thing is... Apple is adamant and stringent about controlling access to that data. So Apple doesn't say to an advertiser, oh, you want a, a middle-aged man who's overweight, writes about Apple and plays music and sometimes gets interviewed on the uh, uh, radio by Gene Steinberg? Okay, here you go. His name is Brian Chaffin, and, and here you go. That's not what Apple does. Apple instead says, oh, you want that demographic? All right, don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. And Apple is alone in operating its advertising network in that fashion. So to me, it makes a lot more sense that Apple would continue to do that with the television networks than it would to actually hand our data over to them. But it also depends on what data they're handing over to them. How refined is it? Is it strictly Correct. just who tunes in and tunes out and when? Is right. that all it takes? Right, exactly. Like, would, would there be, you know, random identifiers assigned to us as opposed to, you know, name and information and home address and all the kinds of things that, 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 the, uh, that the advertisers really want, that the networks really want so that they can make a profit from it? You know, 
there, there, there is a path down which Apple would be treading new territory that is at, at odds with its rhetoric. And there is another path that is continuing straight down the same path that we've always been headed down with Apple. And Apple is still the only company out there protecting, uh, protecting our privacy. My guess is, is that if Apple is truly close to working out these deals, that that's the path that they'll take. Okay, so let's look at the details here. So the interface will hopefully be simpler, more elegant, make it easier for you to find the shows that you want. The second thing is here, what about time shifting? Time shifting is a very important thing. It's not just catching the show when it's broadcast, when it first comes out, but also being able to decide when you want to watch it. So do you offer everything on demand? In which case, you just pick what you want when you want to see it. Or do you still have the scheduled broadcast or a combination of both? Do you need the time shifting, the DVR? The second question, and this is something that we realize, for example, with the new Sony feature, can you fast forward? Can you fast forward through the ads? Or does Apple include in their price limited ads? So there's no real reason to fast forward. You know, it's a minute or so, big deal. If it's three, four minutes of ads, you want to fast forward. And that will depend entirely upon the nature of of the service that Apple's offering. For instance, if Apple is merely going to be a conduit for ABC, it would be ABC's programming with ABC's ads, right? Exactly. You you can't, you you know, there can't, there's not going to be 10 minutes of dark space in, in an hour because, because Apple is delivering an ad free experience. If on the other hand, Apple is offering everything that ABC offers but it's on a choose your show basis, just like you know Netflix is. Well, then Apple could deliver that ad free, and it would be fantastic if Apple was doing that. But but remember, ads pay for this stuff. When you skip an ad, you're not paying the price for watching that show. It's like when you block an ad on a website, you're stealing you're stealing that content. You know, content is not free tv shows are not free they cost money to produce if the companies that produce that content don't make money they will either find new ways to make money or they will go out of business and you don't get that content we have more content coming with brian chaffin of the mac observer i'm gene steinberg you're in the tech night out live a little right a little left but always independent-minded The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug-A-Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? 
It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. If the IRS has garnished your paycheck or seized money from your bank account, you need to get professional tax help now. Fast action is required to put a halt to these aggressive IRS collection tactics. You can count on the knowledgeable team of tax professionals at Wall & Associates. With over 30 years of experience, Wall & Associates has settled the tax problems of thousands of taxpayers for a small fraction of what they owed. For a free face-to-face consultation, call 1-800-425-4610 to put a wall between you and the IRS. 1-800-425-4610 or look for us on the web at wallandassociates.net. We solve tax problems. If you hire Walland Associates today, you'll never have to talk to the IRS again. To stop the levies and seizures today, take action now. Call Walland Associates at 1-800-425-4610. Wall and Associates. 1-800-425-4610. Based on actual cases, results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores of testimonials from satisfied customers and we've never increased our price in over 10 years that makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it a healthy heart is a happy heart call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. Speaking of paying for content, we have this deal here called Tech Night Owl Plus, and the way it works is this, you go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com, And we offer a special version of this show, higher quality audio. So when Brian Chaffin is here, he comes out crisp and clean, much better sound. And we take away 41 minutes of those network ads that some people don't want to hear. Speaking of ads. And you get all that for $5 a month, $50 a year, $175 for a five-year subscription. Plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. That's how we make money. So 
we have to look at how Apple delivers the shows. Now, Dish Network has something called The Hopper that supposedly allows you to eliminate the commercials, but it's pretty screwy where you basically record shows in advance and they've had lawsuits and threats of lawsuits from the networks. We understand they have to make money. So if Apple is just the conduit and the commercials continue, but then we get to the second thing is, can you fast forward through them? If you time shift, can you fast forward through them? And if you can time shift, where are the shows stored, Brian? Do we put them all in the cloud? That's, I guess, the only answer because I don't think Apple's going to sell a Apple TV set-top box with a big hard drive. They'll just include enough memory on it to buffer enough of the show so you don't lose anything if your reception stops for a second. Here we have iTunes as the model. I, I, I think it makes the most sense for Apple to leverage what it's doing with iTunes. So it's not so much that you're that you're time shifting by recording on your end, but rather that you're time shifting by being able to watch the shows from Apple's extensive catalog and that you're paying this, this monthly flat fee for that. And that's the way that Apple would be able to do it um, ad free, by the way, that's that, that is how Apple could deliver a TV service without having ads. And that's by not by, by becoming a conduit for the regular stream of shows from the networks, but instead contracting with these networks to offer all of their shows but offering them on a um, on-demand uh, basis, again, kind of similar to what Netflix does, maybe, but on more of a schedule. I don't think the networks are ready to like actually have a year's worth of shows go live at one time. I mean, I still want to see shows on a schedule. I still want to know that on Tuesday evening at 9 o'clock in Arizona, I can watch Person of Interest. Apple could do that. Apple could do that, like... You could flip through the schedule that everybody else sees, and shows wouldn't be available until they're actually uh, available at the same time that they're available through the con- through the uh, 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 cable uh, ch- uh, you know delivery systems. And but Apple could could also have those available uh, as as on demand streaming at the same time to where it's seamless for you the user, and it, it would be kind of like the the best of all worlds when it comes to DVRs and time shifting. And that in fact could be a pretty disruptive thing to do. So I don't, th- there's a lot that Apple can do here to shake things up. I just, we, we just don't yet know enough about what Apple is doing to, to understand exactly what that shakeup is going to be. The other issue, which is the most problematic issue of cable and satellite TV is the fact that If you want to get a good cross-section of programming, even if you watch only a dozen or two stations, you've got to buy the three or 400 station package. There is no a la carte. And what we're seeing in Sling TV and Sony is all you're getting is like a subset of stations. If you want more, you pay a higher price, and soon the difference in price is not altogether different from one of the low-end or mid-tier packages from your cable or satellite company. But if Apple gave you column A, B, C, D, and you could say, well... I get 25 stations, but it can be any 25 stations I want from the roster that you're offering. So maybe I don't want Bravo. Maybe I don't want ESPN. I don't care about sports, but I want sci-fi. I want USA Network. So that's one thing, very important, a la carte, being able to pick only the stations I want. That's number one. And that makes it, of course, we understand there's another philosophy here too. If you offer more stations, people might just be running through the dial or pressing the 
switch to go through the menus and they say, mm, that seems like an interesting show on a station I've never watched before. Maybe I'll try it. But at a certain point, you say, I just want the dozen stations or the 25 stations I watch. I don't care about the rest. It's number one. Number two, what do they do about the premium stations? You still have to subscribe to HBO Now to get Game of Thrones or something. And number three, what about the local TV stations and the local news and all that stuff? Which is increasingly irrelevant to more and more people. I mean, and to be honest, local stations, I think, remain the most relevant to the people least likely to subscribe to a service like this. But I still think there are shows there you'd want to be able to watch. Even if you don't have the local stations, have the local shows, the network shows that we want to listen to. I mean, you're still having NCIS, for example, being seen by 16 and a half million people plus those who time shift. So it's maybe 18 or 19 million people are seeing it every week. So do you have to then order the Apple service and then stick the TV antenna to get the rest? Or can Apple integrate that? And then I get to the biggest problem of all after we deal with that. And that is it's streaming. It's coming through your internet connection. You're not bundling with your internet provider, so they'll, of course, charge you a somewhat higher price. But what about your bandwidth cap? Ouch. You watch too many of those shows from Apple every single day on one or two TV sets, high definition, maybe 4K video. You're going to run into your bandwidth cap real fast. It's very, very true that you could, in fact, do just that. Uh, At the same time, Apple is ideally situated to make deals with all of the major cable companies and other broadband providers to pay them on the side so that that data doesn't come out of your um, out of your uh, uh, the, your data cap. One way to do that, by the way, is to co-locate, which is to put their servers at the ISP's head end or data centers. And therefore, you're not consuming external bandwidth. It's just another computer. And mm-hmm. that's not, by the way, in violation of net neutrality, because this is what Netflix is doing, by the way, where they co-locate their servers. They're not buying a fast lane. They're simply making their content more easily available. Fair enough. So that might be another way for Apple to do it. In fact, there are reports that Apple might already have been doing that making deals but that would be one way to get past the bandwidth cap or as you say apple makes a special deal with them to say okay we'll pay you this much per customer as long as you it's not prioritizing traffic it's simply saying we'll pay you not we'll, to we'll ca- pay for their bandwidth usage exactly yeah, it's um it, it's a tricky um it's a, it could be a tricky balance uh, I, I don't think any of this stuff is simple. I mean, there's a reason why we've been hearing about Apple working on this for years and nothing has ever come of it. It's because it's hard. There's a lot of players. There's a lot of entrenched industry. There's a lot of legacy ideas and mindset and technologies and business models. And, and don't forget that that the networks are actually making some pretty good money f- with the status quo. So, you know, the they don't, necessarily have a lot of pressure to change what they're doing and to let Apple take over this uh, this entire customer experience for them. So, what's going to happen? Do you think it's real at this time? Uh yeah, I think so. I think I think we've act- this is one of those situations where we've got this sort of immediate uh groundswell of uh of enough people saying something similar that there is almost definitely fire behind it. 
So yeah, I imagine that we're actually pretty close this time. We, we, we thought we were close before, you know, we've heard about Apple making TVs or doing this and doing that. Um, then this time I think we might actually be close to something. Close to the edge. Apple, will Apple have a TV service? What differences will it make? I mean, all the press reports I see, it describes something with a subset of stations. And that's not Apple's way. Apple is going to look at a new solution. And we'll just have to wait and see where that goes. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. Apple Watch next on the agenda on the Tech Night Owl Live. We are the premier independent talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. G-C-N. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Are you hungry for delicious, nutritious, rich, and satisfying home-cooked meals? Discover the Vita Clay 4-in-1 Smart Organic Cooker. Unglazed Zisha Clay, an ancient secret that makes this fast multi-cooker so special. Infusing your food with incredible flavors, perfect texture, vitamins, and minerals for your good help. It's a slow cooker, rice cooker, a steamer, plus a yogurt maker. Go to VitaClayChef.com and enter promo code RADIO20 for 20% off at checkout. That's VitaClayChef.com. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV
So who else will you meet at the Get Prepared Expo? For starters, from Republic Broadcasting, John Moore and John Statmiller. From GCN, Aaron and Brad Dakins, Joyce Riley, and me, Vincent Finelli. Joining us are the instructors whom you've learned to trust. Surgeon of the Year, Dr. Norman Shuley. Engineer, Matt Stein. The Real Fox Mulder of the X-Files, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Author and analyst, Captain John Reagan. Your counter-terrorist from Central America, Mike Ma. Dental center owner and my dentist, Dr. Howard Shane. Radiation instructor, Craig Douglas. Author and survivalist, Rich Sheban. Author, Judy Dollarheit. Cancer center owner from Mexico, Dr. Patrick Vickers. Bug-out expert and pilot, Captain Bill Sermo. Beekeeper, Jeff Maddox. Seedsman, Mike Knox. Author, Gayla Pruitt. Author, Harry Cooper. Food expert, Joe Accapinti. And Bill Whaley, the junk man. March 27, 28, and 29. GetPreparedExpo.com, the largest preparedness and survival expo in the USA. Do you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. The first three segments, we talk about the rumors of an Apple subscription TV service. And I gave you my concerns, the things that bother me really about the current situation. It's all about that. And how Apple disrupts it remains to be seen. But it would be fascinating to see what happens and what the next Apple TV set-top box will be like as a result. Now, I read a story this morning, and you as a connoisseur of luxury watches might appreciate this. So Google Intel team with Tag Heuer on luxury Android Wear smartwatch to counter Apple Watch. So when I read this, and I don't know what you've heard about it, Brian, I assume it's just obvious that the premium watchmakers are going to want to find some way to get in on the act and get in on the action. Uh, yeah, I actually I hadn't seen that, that story yet. There is no doubt that the premium luxury watch brands are going to want to not only not lose their shirts to Apple, but simply be able to make, make some of the money that Apple is going to be, you know, make some of the money that is going to be, how am I trying to say this? (laughs) Apple is raising awareness of the risk in ways that have not been since, I don't know, probably the seventies or eighties. And people are thinking about the wrist for the first time in a long time. A lot of people, that is. The luxury watch market has, industry has done incredibly well since about 2002. That's when things really started uh, kicking into overdrive, especially as we had this greater concentration of wealth at the top. Not only here in the States, but in, in Europe, in, uh, in Asia, uh, to a lesser extent in South, uh, South America, the luxury market watch market has done really, really well. And now Apple has just hordes of new people who are thinking about putting something on their wrist. And of course, the mechanical watchmakers and, and the, the ports watchmakers, they're all going to be thinking about how they can cash in on some of the stuff. I also wonder all the stuff that we saw about smartwatches in the last year or two, how many of them originated other than Pebble, how many of those ideas originated ahead of anticipation of what Apple might do? I think everything that's been done in, in Android has been 
an attempt to head Apple off at the pass. Um, certainly, certainly Samsung was, you know, in their weirdly delusional outlook on life, thought that if if they rele- that that if they could release something before Apple, even though they were doing it because Apple was doing it, that people would somehow think that they were the innovators. And you know, the results have been nothing but a catastrophic joke. Google's Android Wear is a much better stab, much, much better stab at risk top computing than anything Samsung did. Uh, in some ways, it's better than anything that Pebble did. Pebble has been very successful. Pebble will continue to be successful. You know, Pebble had this big Kickstarter campaign uh, that they launched uh, about a week before Apple's March 9th media event. They just blew past their goals in the first uh, like 24 hours, and then their their funding actually increased during and then the day after uh, Apple's media event, as lots and lots of people were interested in backing this product because it wasn't Apple. You know, there are a lot of people who don't want anything to do with Apple. And well, the other thing to consider also is that it's a low end alternative because right now. Remember, Apple Watch is $349. A Pebble starts at, what, $100? So if you want something minimalist, not with all the bells and whistles, but a smartwatch that can do basic notifications and such, well, maybe that's your answer. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and there's going to be a lot of people who will be really happy with what uh, what Android is doing. And then there's, um, uh, oh, goodness, uh, Garmin is doing some really interesting things, especially with fitness-oriented smartwatches. Uh, there's a lot going on in the smartwatch community. That's community. That's a bad word. There's a lot going on with smartwatches. Period. Right now, and there is no doubt that these premium watch brands, the Swatch Swatch is actually a massive umbrella company that owns not only the Swatch line itself, but but hordes of of uh, some of the biggest watch brands on the planet. Uh, you've got the Tag, the company that owns Tag is, uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget the name now because I'm putting myself on the spot. But the, you have all these companies, and of course, they're going to want to to get involved with this stuff. And in that Apple's not going to team up with them, teaming up with Android's probably a good idea. Doing their own stuff is probably going to be a good idea, too. You know, they do have unique insight over what people expect out of their watches. Now, I just looked, Tag Heuer... It was sold to a French luxury goods conglomerate called LVMH. LVMH, thank you. They owned Louis Vuitton. They owned uh, Tag. They owned uh, Hublot, which is a, a watch brand. They own like three or four or five uh, big watch brands, Tag being the largest of them by volume, but not the most premium of them. All right. Pardon the way that sounds. Oh, it sounds fine. But the point is here is now... Apple has created awareness of the possibility of a smartwatch for higher-end products because, obviously, the ones from Motorola or Pebble are pretty cheap compared to an Apple Watch, and certainly the normal Apple Watches are reasonably affordable, $349 and up, but then you have the addition, and that's where the high-end watchmakers are looking at. Yeah, Apple's pricing there, ten grand Now, that uh, it starts at ten grand and it, and it goes up to seventeen, and that kind of pricing, that's going to come. For, you know, you're you're going to buy that instead of a Rolex or in, instead of a of a Zenith or instead of a um, um, you know uh, the 
a, a, a like an entry level Patek Philippe. I mean that those are sales that are some of those sales are going to come from the existing traditional luxury watch market. Not all of them, but some of them. Now, you have to think about here what we're talking about. How many of those traditional luxury watches are sold every year? Is this sales in a couple of million around the world? What is yeah, it? Yeah, thereabouts. And how many does Apple expect to sell? 20,000, 50,000, what? And the third thing is here, when you buy a watch for $10,000, you're talking about longevity. And how does Apple deal with that problem? Because they have a product that's going to be obsolete next year. Uh, well, that's been my big hang-up with, um, uh, with the idea of a $5,000 or $10,000. Of course, it turned out to be $10,000 now that we've seen it. But that's been my problem with the $10,000 Apple Watch the whole time. Uh, I, have, I have no problem with someone who can afford it spending $10,000 on a luxury mechanical watch. That, that's that's a, a product that's actually going to appreciate over time, not depreciate and as an investment, it makes a lot of sense to, to own a watch. It's something that you could hand down to your grandkids, for goodness sake. It's, you know, your great-grandkids or, you know, of course, your children. And that's not the case with the Apple Watch. The Apple Watch that Apple releases on, on April 24th is not likely to be a collectible 40 or 50 years from now. It's not likely to work 40 or 50 years from now it could but i mean i don't see it i certainly don't see it being worth ten thousand dollars in five years it could come back around i guess as a collectible you know as as more and more of those units get destroyed or melted down for gold uh, and there's fewer and fewer of them uh, around but but they just don't have a they don't have a long lifespan in terms of being useful. You know, Apple is going to eclipse it's not that the Apple Watch that's released on April 24th is going to stop doing what it does when Apple releases the next version, but the next version is going to blow it away. And the version after that's going to blow it away. And the version after that is just going to, you know, make this first Apple Watch look like an LOL product. And the thing I have to wonder about here is the battery will be replaceable. But does Apple, in replacing the battery, replace the watch module? And therefore, maybe you could still get next year's model at an affordable price until the entire form factor is changed. Well, I think that if that was the case, Apple would have been crowing about it from the rooftops. Right. And the fact they didn't, I think, makes it disappointing. Not so much for this person who was spending three forty nine. But for the person spending $10,000, what do you do? After you give it up, you burn it down? Exactly. And, and there is not, like, my, my, um, my, my initial reaction to the, the notion of a gold Apple Watch was that if the value in gold represents the bulk of the um, price differential, well, that's fine. You could always melt it down for, for gold. But well, I'll tell you what, that's going to keep the gold companies that offer you cash for gold very happy. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. More to come on Apple Watch on the Tech Night Out Live. Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. G C N. 
By now, you heard about Bitcoins. But did you know that over 65,000 businesses accept Bitcoins? Listen, if you're already earning Bitcoins or trying to make money in the Bitcoin market, you've got to know BidBit.co. Because at BidBit.co, you can receive Bitcoin by selling your personal items or business products. You heard right. Whether personal or business, you can now buy, sell, and auction your products quickly, easily, and securely at BidBit.co. That's B-I-D-B-I-T.co. BidBit.co. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit, and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Hi, this is Steve Sanchez, and based on a recent study, it was found that 57 million Americans had legal issues over the last 12 months, but only 60% of those studied sought out the services of a lawyer. Why? In a nutshell, affordability. While my friends at Legal Shield have created a solution that can help you not if, but when you need an attorney. For as little as $17 per month, Legal Shield will provide you unlimited access to qualified attorneys at an accomplished law firm for advice and counsel on legal issues no matter how serious or trivial. For over 40 years and with 1.4 million families across North America, Legal Shield can help you, the loyal GCN listener. Representatives are standing by now to answer your questions, so call them now at 1-855-340-SAVE. That's 1-855-340-7283 or visit them at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Results will vary from case to case. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Schaffer of the Mac Observer graciously donating his time to the cause here as we just drive him crazy. So we're talking about Apple Watch and what happens with the Apple Watch when next year's model comes out. They just expect you to turn the watch in and trade it in. Maybe that's part of it right there. They'll give you a special trade-in price to buy a brand-new Apple Watch if they're not going to swap out the module. And this is the question that nobody's asking Apple. Or if they're asking Apple, they're not answering it. Apple's not answering, that's for sure. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the pop-up stores. You know, we saw this. Um, we saw that Apple's building a pop-up Apple Watch store. So, so an Apple store, but the only thing they sell is Apple Watch in um, the highest of high-end uh, retail space in Tokyo. They're going to be doing it in Berlin. They're going to be doing it in Paris and London. I kind of expect it to happen in New York. Uh, it'd be so interesting maybe you go to, to Bloomingdale's or something. Exactly. Yeah, or Macy's or... or well, um, Macy's is not that high-end. Fair enough. I Point conceded. It's going to be interesting to see what the staff at those stores tell us about those uh, about, the, about the high-end Apple Watch edition. Now, here's, here's another thing that really, I, I think it, it, it pays for everyone watching this, everyone who's interested, to remember. Apple has made in my opinion, roughly one mistake in terms of pricing 
since Steve Jobs came back and since Steve Jobs passed away. And that would be the pricing on the G4, the, the power, the cube, the G4 cube, Power Mac G4. Right? You remember that thing? I reviewed that for CNET, the cube. I remember when the first public beta of OS X came out in September of 2000. And I had a meeting at CNET headquarters in San Francisco with an Apple PR rep. And they said, you know, we can give you the CD or we'll give you a cube to take it home. And I said, you know, I want the cube. Yeah, of course. (laughs) course. I'll just install it on my own Mac. You said you didn't want the cube? I didn't want a cube. I had already written an article about it. And I said, this is a product for a museum. And I kind of hinted it would be a museum piece, but not much more. And it wasn't. Yeah, well, you you were absolutely correct, but I personally think that they were stunningly gorgeous and beautiful. And really they cool. were, but the plastics, you know, around the corners would sometimes crack. It yeah. was way, way overpriced. I think if it was five hundred dollars less, and maybe they designed it to offer a little bit more in upgrade options or maybe a somewhat better processor, I think it could have gone somewhere. Yeah, and I think it just cost too much to manufacture, and that was why it was priced so high because Apple never dropped the price on that thing. But the point is, is that. They missed the market on that. It was a flop. It was a failure. Uh, everyone thought it was beautiful, and very few people actually bought it. And that is Apple's one big pricing mistake. Since, and I said this, I said this to someone else, and they said, "Well, there was also the original price on the uh, the uh, iPhone uh, because it wasn't subsidized at all at the very beginning." I was thinking about the first MacBook Air in two thousand eight. Remember, now the MacBook Air is entry-level in terms of price and everything, more entry-level than any Mac in the history of the platform. But the original MacBook Air was far more expensive. It was, and Apple did correct that, too. Uh, and I, I, think though, I think, though, that uh, it's—well, I don't know. I, I'm not going to—that wasn't as big of a mistake as the cube, but, I, but I'll concede your point. The broader point, though, is that Apple has had very few pricing mistakes. And if Apple thinks that it can— can sell this device for $10,000, the Apple Watch Edition, for $10,000 and $17,000. If Apple thinks that it can do that, Apple probably has a reason for thinking so. And accordingly, I expect it to sell out because Apple did say it would be available in limited quantities. And you know the, whether or not that's 20,000 units or 10,000 units or 100,000 units, it's not going to make a huge difference to Apple's bottom line one way or the other. And I imagine that it's simply going to be the flagship product that people talk about and go, you know, oh, my God, there's the Apple has this $10,000 product. So despite my misgivings about it and despite my like, I, you know, I don't think that, you know, this is the right thing to do. Uh, Apple probably knows more about me, more than me about what it wants to do. And this is probably the most studied product ahead of time that Apple has ever taken on. Right, we know that Apple has just brought in people from all over the world, all these um, these disparate industries. You know, metallurgists and jewelry store people and jewelry makers and premium brand makers and people from Nike and people from Tag and and of course Angela Aaron's uh, herself, who uh, runs retail and has been the person who's been uh, gearing up for this release with uh, with the different Apple stores. Apple knows what it's doing. So I I look forward to seeing what actually happens. Just as we were talking, I saw this note on one website. Airlines embrace Apple Watch with upcoming apps. And we think here, this is a quick way to check in. You know, you, you look at your watch, you're able to use it 
as your boarding pass, keep abreast of scheduling. Oh, my flight's going to be 30 minutes late on your watch. You don't have to take out your iPhone. Yeah, frequent frequent travelers will like that. Will will love that. And don't get me wrong, getting getting those notifications on your iPhone is absolutely incredible. Getting them on your wrist will be that much more convenient. I know when my son came to the U.S. recently, he has an iPhone 5C or 5S. I forget which one. Regardless, he was using that to track his airline ticket and to handle his boarding mm-hmm. using the built-in features. This is before Apple Pay. He didn't pay for it that way. He paid for it with his credit card. Wish I had that much money. But in any case, so we can see where, where that's going, and that's an obviously logical thing to do. The other thing is here, I wonder how many iterations of Apple Watch there will be before it is standalone, before it can be everything in one tiny case. Most of the functions of an iPhone, obviously a much smaller display, so you have to adapt for that. But once that happens, then Apple Watch could be offered subsidized by the wireless carriers. And suddenly it puts in a new ball game there. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, Dick Tracy aside, I don't, I don't know how many, how, how many of us really want all of our phone calls coming through our wrist. I mean, the, the Apple Watch will be standalone at some point, but I, I, there's a difference between it being standalone and it being a phone replacement. And I don't think we're there yet. I think it's going to take a different form factor. It's going to take a different uh, paradigm for wearable computing to replace the phone. And I don't think it's on the wrist. Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy. <laughs> Excuse for, me, we have to use the filter. Calling Dick Tracy, calling Dick Tracy. For, for your younger viewers, Dick Tracy was a show back, uh, back in the uh, days of uh, radio and the comic book. It was also a movie. And a movie, yeah. A movie where the heroine was played by Madonna. It's true. Warren Beatty directed, I guess wrote it, starred in it, and Madonna. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you had Al Pacino play one of the villains. You know, it was pretty wacky, pretty wacky movie, Dick Tracy. But as you say, maybe a lot of people wouldn't consider having a phone embedded in your watch, but a wireless headset could work, and then you're not locked into the situation where you have to take the watch and stick it up to your mouth. Yeah, so the Apple Watch uh, as a standalone phone could utterly revive the uh, age of the blue tool. Yay. It's about time. So, you know, there obviously is a long-range plan here from Apple. I think the only thing that we don't understand yet is how Apple deals with the planned obsolescence of this product. Well, uh, what we've seen in the past is that Apple doesn't deal with planned obsolescence. Apple lets that take care of itself. And I think that Apple will do so with the with the Apple Watch. I don't think Apple is going to be in any. I don't think Apple's going to have any interest whatsoever in replacing the innards. Uh, third parties might end up doing so. That's certainly possible. But I don't think Apple's going to be interested in it. I think that Apple would rather sell you a new device. I don't think Apple's going to have any interest in perpetuating a four or five or ten year old design on your wrist. They'd, re- they'd instead rather have the, the 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 new slick design on your wrist. Sounds slick to me. We have Mr. Slick himself, Brian Chaffin, from the Slick Mac Observer on the Slick Tech Night Out Live. And I'm going to stop before I really lose it. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRA, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. The freeze-dry guy, a leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest mountain house and pack-away brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The freeze-dry guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. So who else will you meet at the Get Prepared Expo? For starters, from Republic Broadcasting, John Moore and John Statmiller. From GCN, Aaron and Brad Dakins, Joyce Riley, and me, Vincent Finelli. Joining us are the instructors whom you've learned to trust. Surgeon of the Year, Dr. Norman Shealy. Engineer, Matt Stein. The real Fox Mulder of the X-Files, Dr. Richard Allen Miller. Author and analyst, Captain John Reagan. Your counter-terrorist from Central America, Mike Ma. Dental center owner and my dentist, Dr. Howard Shane. Radiation instructor, Craig Douglas. Author and survivalist, Rich Sheban. Author, Judy Dollarheit. Cancer center owner from Mexico, Dr. Patrick Vickers. Bug-out expert and pilot, Captain Bill Sermo. Beekeeper, Jeff Maddox. Seedsman, Mike Knox. Author, Gayla Pruitt. Author, Harry Cooper. Food expert, Joe Acapenti. And Bill Whaley, the junk man. March 27, 28, and 29. 
GetPreparedExpo.com, the largest preparedness and survival expo in the USA. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. So we've been talking about Apple Watch. And since Brian is a connoisseur of fine watches, which one are you going to buy? I know you're going to buy one. Which one? A stainless steel? Oh, man. God, such a question. Uh, so first of all, I will not buy one before I see them. I want to see them in person, preferably on my wrist, before I know what they look like, before I would know what to buy. Now, that said, my druthers ahead of time are with the stainless steel model, uh, probably with the Milanese loop. That's that uh, mesh. That's that mesh metal loop. I don't have a watch with uh, any kind of metal strap, uh, and Apple's Milanese loop is uh, uh, at 150 bucks is incredibly uh, competitive with comparable fine mesh loops. That said, Dave Hamilton my business partner and um, uh, the uh, CEO of uh, president actually of TMO Inc. He wrote a piece arguing that, that for uh, people like us in particular, people who cover Apple, who will absolutely have to get next year's model, that it makes a lot more sense to get the entry level Apple watch than it does stainless steel simply because we're not going to wear it after a year. And, that's a very, very compelling argument. So um, I, I would rather have a stainless steel device uh, on my wrist. And, and I mean the stainless steel, not the, not the, uh, the space gray stainless steel, even though that looks cool. Um, but the, uh, you know, being, what is it, 300 bucks cheaper? It's, it's at 549 so $200 cheaper. The Apple Watch Sport is uh, definitely a more compelling buy knowing that I'm going to have to replace it after a year and knowing that I won't want both of them. And you're not going to sell your $5,000 watch? Uh, no. All right. No. By the way, I'll talk to you later about this. My sister-in-law just recently gave me this old watch, really beat up. It's a fake, not a real one, folks, mm-hmm. you know, a fake Rolex. Mm-hmm. Needs a new crown, needs to be cleaned up. I've talked to you if you know anybody who might help us fix that. Let's get on with our show here. All right. The last thing we'll talk about is Apple Car. Now, there's an article over at Apple Insider today, and I think they're trying to gauge the taste of the Apple executives based on what they drive. So Jonathan Ive, of course, has an Aston Martin like James Bond. And Tim Cook runs around in a BMW 5 series, kind of like the conservative executive type. But that doesn't tell you anything because when Apple introduces a product, it's like nothing that has come before. So if there's an Apple car, it's not going to be like the cars you can buy now. That's the point. The iPod didn't resemble anything else. The iPhone didn't. What's your take on that? Just trying to reach for straws? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we can make too much about what Apple will do based on what they're driving now. Um, because, you know, Apple's going to have a very limited product. I mean, you, you actually, you're illustrating the, the, the point. Apple's going to have a very limited product line like it has with everything else. 
you know, the, the Apple Watch is the most extensive product line out there. And even it is still incredibly limited compared to a brand like Tag or, you know, any other watch brand. So, you know, we just we just heard about, you know, several different models that, that Apple's top executives are driving. Well, that probably you just probably can't derive too much from that. Mm-hmm. Apple's going to have a car model. It's the first car model that's introduced that is going to be targeted at a specific demographic. I don't know what that demographic is. It could be similar to the way uh, Tesla did it, which was to release a device for the high end, a car for the high end in this case. But um, yeah, I I don't, uh, (laughs) it's a fun exercise, but I don't think anything useful can be derived from it, to be honest. But even with Apple Watch, Apple isn't going super high end. They offer a high end alternative. So one would think based on what Apple does is they'll offer a car that may be premium price compared to the average of a car, what people pay. And we forget now, this day and age, the average price of a new car, the average transaction price is about $32,000. And those of you running around in a Hyundai Elantra or something say 32000 I can't do that. But remember, it's an average price that includes the $500,000 car. But that's the average transaction price, which gets you a loaded Toyota Camry or Kia Optima or something like that, just to get a picture of how things work. So if Apple is going to offer a car with a premium feel and they don't want to price themselves out of the market, maybe it'll be a $40,000 car. To me, Apple entering the the automobile market, somewhere in that $30,000 to $50,000 range, that feels right to me i I don't know if i can explain it and and we know that tesla entered at the higher end what was the first tesla was it 70 it starts about 70 but they're higher end options that take it over a hundred thousand dollars sure sure that which makes sense and apple will probably have similar options uh but starting in that 30 to fifty thousand dollar range that to me seems seems like a natural fit for where apple would enter the market either that or like complete disruptionville and it's twenty thousand dollars I, I don't think that's the case, by the way. But that would be, it seems like it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be 30 to 50, or it's going to be like, holy smokes, how are they doing it that inexpensively? Yeah, we'll have to see. Also, if it's an electric car, will the federal government still be offering incentives? Will they work out deals with a finance company to give people incentives to get in on the product? Because if you look at the cost of a forty dollars or $50,000 car, if there's no manufacturer's incentive, that's pretty darn expensive to buy or lease. There's always yeah, an incentive, though. It's true. And Apple probably won't offer an incentive. It'll be priced where Apple wants to sell it, and people will take it or they won't. Um, there could, I'm sure that Apple will do everything it can to qualify for any kind of uh, federal or state uh, incentives for people to buy electric cars. But those won't last long. As soon as everyone's got an electric car, as soon as most people have an electric car, those incentives will go away because the whole point of them is to encourage people to get into electric cars. Well, that's going to take quite a few years because... Electric cars haven't sold so well, but we're talking about something here that may not hit the market for four or five years, and we're just about out of time, but let me point out that this car from Apple, will, if it's going to come to be, has to go through regulatory inspections and everything, mm. so you will know about it six months mm. or a year before it's shown, and then Apple may have to go to traditional auto shows in which to display it. I don't know. Yeah, they won't. They want to do that. Yeah, they don't need to because because they're going to be selling this thing um, 
the the the, the press will come to Apple. Apple will not, Apple will not be at an auto show anymore that it's at Basel, which is the uh, uh, the annual watch show that is that is the absolute centerpiece of the entire watch industry. It's where it's the CES of the watch industry. You're not going to find Apple at Basel. Brian Chaffin, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. I am the editor-in-chief at the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. My personal blog is at GeekTells. That's T-E-L-L-S dot com. GeekTells.com. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. That's where you go. Also go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com for our premium version of the show, ad-free for a modest monthly or annual subscription rate, plus.technightowl.com. Brian Schaffen, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me, Gene. It's always great. A little right, a little left, but always independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. There's a man named Dr. Joel Wallach who is anything but your typical doctor, both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician. Doc asks, why does the United States spend more money on health care by far and still rank 50th in health and longevity worldwide? He believes that people should empower themselves with a basic understanding of nutrition, take charge of their health, and attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects and more toxic prescription drugs. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the big government, big pharma, and big insurance manipulation of our health care system. I'm George Norrie, and I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people about health care. Visit criticalhealthnews.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's Deadly Recipes Lecture. It makes a lot of sense, and I urge you to join our Critical Health News team. Go to criticalhealthnews.com. That's criticalhealthnews.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, Now, just imagine there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your 
your commercial. Just like the one you're listening to right now. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us and advertise at GCNlive.com. And an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey Light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1 886 3653. That's 1 886 3653. Or order online at goberkey.com. That's goberkey.com today. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We have Kirk McElhern, sometimes known as the iTunes guy for Macworld magazine. And he also has his own site called Kirkville, which is accessed by McElhern.com. And when we talked to Kirk, we switched the discussion from his articles to Macworld back and forth to his articles on Kirkville. And one of the articles is something that you're basically referencing here. And to backtrack, Apple recently released an iOS 8.2 update for, you know, recent iPhones, iPads, etc. And now Kirk has something here where he's quoting Fusion as saying, Apple has a lady problem. The new version of HealthKit still doesn't track periods. So Apple, therefore, is ignoring the monthly cycles of our female population, Kirk? Well, they seem to be. Um, It's interesting that when all of this was announced um, last year, I remember watching the keynote, I guess it was the WWDC that presented iOS, And my partner was watching, and she raised the question about the health thing. She said, will there be period tracking? Because, you know, women care about that sort of thing. So, yeah, I came across this article on a website called Fusion today pointing out that it still doesn't have period tracking. Um, Apple's health app is, well, it's pretty masculine for the most part. Um, I kind of wonder why they're ignoring 51% of the population. Maybe because there aren't that many women working at Apple compared to men. And the author of this article, Kashmir Hill, made sure to include a screenshot of Apple's executive profiles page, which shows nine men and one woman. There's been criticism about this before, and I think it, the reason I highlighted it is this is probably the last version of the health app to be released before the Apple Watch Um, which is due out, what, in less than a month now. And it just seems surprising that they're ignoring 
something that affects, well, maybe not 51% of the population, because if you're too young or too old, you don't have periods anymore, but affects a lot of people and could make this app relatively more useful. Well, of course, the question is, how do you track it with a app? Do you check well, the body temperature, things like that? Because obviously cycles are not perfect. Also, if someone is taking birth control medicine, that's going to well, change Well, then it's going to be more regular, right? It's going to make it more regular. I, I think you really need to invite a woman on the show to ask that kind of question, because I'm not really good on it. I mean, I do know that when women are taking birth control, the cycles are more regular. I would assume it's just a calendar thing, but since it's a 28-day cycle as opposed to a 30- or 31-day month, um, you do probably want to keep track, and maybe you're planning certain activities around both when you're having periods so they don't get in the way of activities, but also um, regarding fertility, if women want to know when they're the most fertile. In that case, it's probably a lot more complicated because I know there's temperature things going on, and I am totally not the person to answer questions about that. Well, but I would I, think here the only way to make it work or the only ways, and this is a couple of old men talking about a woman's reproductive cycle, okay? So nothing I say makes sense. So maybe slight variations in body temperature would be one indication. Another would be a previous history. So they can estimate when your monthly cycle begins based on previous history. But how else do you make that determination? What do you well, sense? That would, that would be the point up? of recording all this data in, in order to establish the previous history for next month, the following month, etc. Exactly. It has to be based on a history because right. I don't know about the measurements. Even then, if there's a difference in body temperature, it varies from person to person. It's not so easy. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure there's, uh, there are apps that do this. The question is, why hasn't Apple included this in the health app and their underlying framework health kits? The author of this article makes a little bit of a uh, confusion between health kit and health and the health app. She says that she, when she launched health kit, she noticed that there were changes, but not. Uh, no, sorry, she corrected it in the article since earlier this morning because I, I saw a tweet about this and, and I replied saying there's a difference between health kit and the health app. Um, health kit is an underlying framework, and the health app is essentially the interface to it. Um. So it's entirely possible that the HealthKit framework does have what it needs for this to be managed, but that it's not been put into the Health app yet. So I, I think Apple needs to do something about this. I've seen a lot of criticism since the beginning. But it's not necessarily... So HealthKit is essentially, I guess it's a sort of database that's going to record metrics and allow apps to funnel data into this database and allow apps to pull data out from it. So you could theoretically have data going into the database that's not necessarily treated by the health app. I think one of the problems, I wrote an article um, for Macworld about the health app not being well designed. And it's very possible that one of the reasons Apple hasn't implemented something like this is it's not designed to present a calendar of, say, a month. It's designed to present um, cum cumulative data. So you can see how many steps you've walked a day, a week, a month, etc. You can track your blood glucose, your um, sodium in your blood, you know, any kind of metric like that that you can track longitudinally, whereas 
tracking periods is a cyclical thing, and you actually need a calendar interface. The health app interface is just simple line graphs um, that really don't lend themselves to this sort of thing. So perhaps Apple is going to allow this data to be added. The problem is, it may not, in in the current design of the health app, there may not be any way to present it correctly. Well, remember here, we're only three months away from the WWDC and the introduction of iOS 9 and possibly the second iteration of HealthKit. So maybe Apple will talk about it there. Yeah, I think we're going to see changes. Um, So one of my criticisms of the Health app is that, so if it's showing your steps, your distance walked, etc., this data isn't very useful compared to, say, the Fitbit app. I have a a Fitbit One to track my steps. Um, But the day that my article... No, the day that I sent my article into Macworld, they had just released the, what is it, the uh, the Apple Watch app, and people were digging into the betas of eight point three of iOS eight point three and seeing what the activity app looks like. So there is a different app that's going to present some of this data in a different way, in a much better graphical way. You remember those three sort of concentric circles on the watch? Um, the activity app is going to present certain data in that circular. Fat, uh, manner instead of these the wine graphs that you see in the health app so it's entirely possible again as i said health kit is a framework that manages a database it's entirely possible that apple will release other apps that present data in different ways other than these simple line graphs um i guess we'll know about that probably when the apple watch comes out when ios 8.3 as well um and as you say you know wwdc i i think I, I hope enough women write about this for Apple to realize that it's not that big a deal um, to, to add this, that they need to, you know, because it's 51% of the population. On the other hand, again, if it's a design issue, perhaps they need to make a special app for it, or perhaps they simply need to make a way for the data to be recorded for third-party apps to be able to display it. Well, they certainly haven't stopped updating the capabilities of iOS. They have the research kit now. And I was reading published articles about how Apple developed and tested it. In fact, what's interesting to me is we're seeing news now, supposedly something that normally is kept secret by Apple, about how they built the research into health kit and the research kit and making people more aware of the steps they took to acquire this information, test it, ensure that your data is safe and that sort of thing, more so because it requires so much public involvement and commitment than we've seen previously from Apple, a much more open Apple than we've seen before. Let's get into more of this in the next segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk for every political persuasion. We are GCN. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. It's no secret that government and big business buy in bulk and get huge discounts not available to the little guy. Until now. Introducing a breakthrough crowd buying website where people can join together, buy in bulk, and get massive discounts on millions of popular products. It's TogetherSave.com. TogetherSave.com. You can save 20, 30, or even 50% off tablets, smartphones, cars, appliances, textbooks, sports equipment, video games, and much more. All with free delivery. Check it out. TogetherSave.com. Visit now and start group buying today at TogetherSave.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest mountain house and pack-away brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The freeze-dry guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. The human body is extraordinary. Despite all the stresses we inflict upon it, it still works hard to stay in balance. Thousands upon thousands of people rely upon heart and body extract to help their body stay balanced. This excellent 100% natural herbal formula helps maintain healthy blood pressure levels, cleans arteries, promotes good circulation, balances cholesterol, and more. HB extract paired with healthy lifestyle choices like good nutrition and exercise can give you a life free of pain, sickness, and fear. Recapture your youthful vitality and experience your body healing itself with the aid of hb extract it's extremely effective and it starts working in just days visit hbextract.com to learn more and to read scores
hours of testimonials from satisfied customers. And we've never increased our price in over 10 years. That makes heart and body extract as great a value now as it was the first day we sold it. A healthy heart is a happy heart. Call 866-295-5305 or go to hbextract.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. The pitch is quick. Go to plus.technightisle.com, plus.technightisle.com to get a special version of the show with better quality audio without the ads from the network. Plus.technightisle.com. Modest subscription fee is all we ask to do it. Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, is here. We're talking about the current limitations of HealthKit, what Apple might be doing. But it reaches a larger discussion, which is now suddenly there's an avalanche of interviews from Tim Cook and Jonathan Ive, a new book about Steve Jobs that supposedly is more balanced about his personality, or at least more in keeping with what Apple wants to convey as an image, that Steve Jobs wasn't just an SOB, he was a very caring SOB. Is that the picture, Kirk? I haven't read the book yet. Um, I'm, I was actually contacted by the British publisher uh, who's going to send me a copy of it. I was hoping to get it today. We're recording this on Friday. I was hoping to be able to read it over the weekend because it's coming out the Tuesday after we record this. It's a pretty big book. It's like 460 pages. So I doubt I'll be able to read it. If I get it tomorrow, I doubt I'll be able to read it before it's published. It does seem like an attempt to rectify the official history. When the Isaacson book came out, I ordered the digital version of it to read on my iPad. That seemed fitting. I didn't even read half of it. I was extremely, I I mean, I don't contest that Steve Jobs was an SOB, as you say, um, but I need to read that about him. It's not that I'm, was hiding from it. It just, it wasn't interesting for me to read this sort of stuff. It was the portrait of a person who I wouldn't have liked to work with. So I think, and I, I know people who've met him, who've worked with him over the years. Um, he was not an easy person to work with. He was very demanding. He was probably an SOB in some ways and probably a caring SOB, as you said earlier, in other ways. Uh, I don't know how much this new book is presenting information that we didn't know. There's talk about uh, Tim Cook offering to donate his liver or part of his liver. Um, But it does seem like it's trying to rebalance the story that the Isaacson book presented. Well, remember, despite what we think about Steve Jobs, he had a family. Evidently, he got along well with his spouse and his kids. He seemed to be a caring, loving father. Every image you hear of him, confirms that. He protected his family from the public. You never heard anything about Mrs. Jobs until after he died, and then she took a more public profile to, in a sense, honor him. And you have people here who would donate their liver, like Tim Cook, to Steve Jobs. That's not something you do just for a boss that you work for and you get a paycheck. It's somebody you really care about. It's like, yeah, this that, is your brother. This is somebody you care so much about yeah, that, that you're willing to undergo surgery on his behalf to save his life. That's a pretty unique level of loyalty. Frankly, I don't care about his personal life, about his family and all that. Um, I'm interested in what he did for Apple for 
computers and devices in general. Uh, I'm really not interested in reading a book that talks about that sort of stuff. Um, the, the one thing that I remember when, when it all came out, you remember a hormone imbalance or whatever, when he was really sick and when it all finally came out, what he did, I thought, how could a guy this smart do something so stupid as to think he was going to cure pancreatic cancer with like macrobiotic diets and acupuncture or whatever he did? Why did he turn down Tim Cook's offer? Um, for those who don't know, the liver is the only organ you can donate that grows back. So they don't take your whole liver, they take a part of it, um, and they can transplant it into someone else, and it'll grow in that person, and yours will grow back in your body. Um, why did Steve Jobs refuse that? Because it turned out that Tim Cook was a perfect match, and apparently they both had a relatively rare blood type. So, you know, what are the odds, right? But why would someone so smart have treated his, set, his health in such an unintelligent manner? Well, everybody's but, multidimensional. Again, I mean, okay, people right, do again, things that are rational and irrational. Right. This is his personal life. Um, if that's the way he lived it, that's the way he lived it. I think it's a shame. Uh, he probably could have lived longer if he hadn't gone the route of, you know, faith healing and things like that. Um, but again, the story that I'm interested in reading is the story about Apple, the story about how he motivated employees, how he get some of them, you know, the, the most important ones to give as much as they do, um, how he managed to keep Apple on such a narrow path without spreading out into too many product categories and too many products in each category, um, which has been one of the strengths of the company. Well, the one thing, obviously, it's interesting is how these people would basically, just to show how things are, these people are the kind of people who work for Apple who would basically follow him over the cliff if necessary yep. in order to do the things that they want to do. The other thing I'm seeing more and more about Tim Cook as he is more comfortable in the public arena, this is a guy who seems to wear his heart on his sleeve. Because when you hear him talk and you see the text of what he says, how much he cares about everything he does. He's not just a machine. He's not the machine who handles the spreadsheets and negotiates the supply chain. There's a lot more of that there. And as he gets more comfortable, as I said, you see more of it. I just think, no, I, I disagree. I think he's just like a politician. Um, you see what he wants you to see. Well, we uh, understand that. But just the point is, he can, convey, he can convey feeling very well. Whether well, you believe it or not. It's true that during the keynote when he was presenting the Apple Watch, he showed his excitement at it. But he's still a politician. Any CEO of a company is a politician, and especially the CEO of a company like Apple. So, no, I, I don't really take anyone's public persona, anyone at that level, their public persona is not really a reflection of who they are. I don't think so. I think it depends on how long they are in a public arena. Because I think after a problem, after a while, it's very difficult to hide what you really are unless you're just a brilliant actor. Eventually, it well, comes Steve through. Steve Jobs in public was never the way Steve Jobs was in private. But uh, we all knew what he was. But the point is that he didn't show that in public. In public, uh, when he was giving keynotes or presentations or interviews and all that, he was this cool, laid-back guy. And in private at his work, 
he could blow his top and you know the steve jobs temper tantrum was legendary so no i disagree i mean we'll agree to disagree but i don't think tim cook is any different from a politician he's 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 become he's become a better performer and more able to convey feeling than he used to be and as you say it may be just being on the public stage, he's, he's undergoing training. Maybe he's working with people behind yeah. the scenes to deliver a better speech. He's a better performer. He's much, as you say, he's much more comfortable on the stage um, than he was in his first keynotes when it was really, really, it was, it wasn't painful, but it just wasn't, it wasn't good. What his early keynotes and he's a lot more comfortable. And a lot of this could also be the fact that they've, been doing these keynotes in a smaller venue now than the first ones he did um what does it hold about maybe not even two thousand people the theater where they did the uh the apple watch presentation whereas some of um some of his first keynotes were in that really big theater and and the wwdc ones are in a bigger theater as well so he's the head of a company has a, a a role to play this is theater it's not reality. And in particular, in a tech company where keynote presentations are an important aspect, um, he's an actor on a stage when this is going on. So, no, I don't see this as representing him as a person. He does come off as very folksy. His slight southern accent, um, you know, makes him sort of like a Henry Fonda character or whatever. Um, but I would highly doubt that he's like that when he's at work in Apple dealing with other people. Well, his reputation, though, is that, yes, he can be a hard taskmaster, but he'll do it with a stare or a couple of words. He's not the kind of guy who yells at you. He's more even-keeled and more apt to associate with people than Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs always seemed uncomfortable when you caught him in public, not when he's speaking before an audience, but you catch him afterward, as I did on a couple of occasions. And it may have been me. But he seemed very anxious to get the heck out of there and go True. back to T- what Tim he was Cook doing. does pose for selfies. Um, and a few people grab them after the presentation uh, of the Apple Watch. And whenever he goes to visit a retail store, which is something I don't remember Steve Jobs visiting retail stores, in fact. Um, he would Cook- do it occasionally. But occasionally we have to break. We Let's have to break. do a station break occasionally. And then we come back and do more of this. We have four more segments, in fact, with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strike. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Again, that's FreeWaterproofMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeWaterproofMatch.com today. 
Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendivite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Welcome back to the Tech Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Long and short of it, Kirk McElhern, is that it seems Apple is being a little more open because you get these stories now. This is how this was done, making executives available for books and for interviews. Steve Jobs would not have done that. But Apple is coming on saying, "Okay, the product is out now. It doesn't matter if we reveal what we did to make it happen. Yeah. And there's even that video of the Apple engineer explaining how they made the MacBook, which is quite interesting. Have you seen that? Yes. Yes. That's something that you wouldn't have seen that under Steve Jobs, would you? Because at this point, it doesn't matter. Everybody at any other tech company already has reverse engineering underway. As soon as they can get a hold of that product, they're doing reverse engineering. So they know about it anyway because they're taking it apart and they probably can figure out what Apple did. So might as well show everybody, get some hype value out of it. Well, Apple has always touted the way they manufacture things you know, the aluminium with chamfered edges videos and all that. And they've been doing this for quite a few years. And and I think actually it's probably Johnny Ive who wants to do that more than anyone else um, because he's never on stage at the keynotes. He doesn't, that's not his thing. But I think he does want to show off the work that his team does in designing these products. Um, And maybe this is why we're seeing more of these videos because Ive is taking a, a more important role with the company now. You know, there were three different videos showing how they make the aluminum, stainless steel, and gold casings for the watches, which they're quite interesting. They're typical Apple videos where everything looks perfect. You know, you, you see people in a blast furnace who look like they're really enjoying their jobs. I doubt that's the case. There's the image of an Apple product from the outside, but Apple has long touted the image of what's inside a product, or at least the way it's made and designed, as being important. And I think it adds a a sort of intangible value to an Apple product. 
most people don't care about these layered batteries in the MacBook, but the press does, the tech press does, and we find it interesting. And it maybe gives a little bit more fodder to journalists to talk about what some people are going to certainly criticize as an overpriced netbook when the MacBook comes out. Uh, I personally don't feel that way, but I've seen articles already comparing it. Of course, at the same time, Google just announced a, I think they call it the Chromebook Pixel, which is a $1,000 Chromebook. The difference between the Chromebook and the MacBook is the Chromebook is designed to be what used to be called a thin client. So it connects to the internet and all your files are on Google Drive. Uh, so it probably has a very limited amount of storage in it, but it's pretty much the same price as the new MacBook is. And, you know, this is Chromebooks. You can get cheap Chromebooks for a couple hundred dollars, right? Well, we have to look at what's being offered. So, for example, the new MacBook is, what, twelve ninety nine, and the cheapest MacBook Air is eight ninety nine. What do you pay $400 for? A retina display more built-in memory, a larger solid-state drive, that picks up two, $300 in the, the difference tra- right there. And the there. new trackpad. Right, but the new trackpad's on the new MacBook Pro with Retina That's Display true. for the same price. So you yeah. already picked up $300 difference just as a result yeah, of the Retina and- Display and the new parts, after which you've got new technologies. So it kind of sort of makes sense. Well, also, you're talking about the 11-inch MacBook Air. The new MacBook is 12 inches, so it's a slightly bigger display. That, that's that's not what I'm that counting. Much. I'm counting double the memory, $100, double the yep. solid-state storage, $100, retina display, $100. Yeah. So I think it's a fair deal. I like it a lot. My my MacBook Pro is you know getting to be the time when I want to get something new. So I'm very probably going to get one of the MacBooks. I, I like the idea of a very light, thin client. I was thinking, how? when was the last time I connected something to my MacBook Pro? I do occasionally clone my MacBook Pro doing a backup onto an external a portable hard drive. But that's the only time I ever plug anything in. The only other exception is sometimes I work using Dragon Dictate. And the best microphone, I've tested a lot of different microphones for speech recognition. And the best one is one that works with a decked transmitter, not a Bluetooth. So it has to connect via USB to a device. So sometimes I'll dictate to my MacBook Pro using this wireless headset, but it has to connect to the computer via USB. Those are really the only times I use USB on my laptop. So the lack of ports for me, since it's my second computer... Uh, really aren't a problem at all. I mean, I'll get an adapter, uh, USB-C to USB-3 or whatever it is, and it'll be fine. I'll have no problems with it. And they'll have dongles, and third parties will have accessories because USB-C is an international standard. They don't have to get a license from Apple to build USB-C accessories. No, and that's a good thing. And, And I think one of the problems with Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt is very expensive, and it's only really useful for high data throughput. So I have a couple of Thunderbolt hard drives. One good thing about Thunderbolt is you can daisy chain the hard drive. So connect one drive to your Mac and another drive to the drive and another drive to the drive, etc. You don't need multiple Thunderbolt ports. But Thunderbolt was never really designed for sort of average data throughput, like a scanner, like a portable hard drive, like an external optical drive, that sort of thing. You simply don't need Thunderbolt. So it makes more sense to use the USB-C. I don't think Thunderbolt's going away anytime soon. I just think on laptops, we won't see it in the future. I think on high-end laptops, you will, because they are used for 
all around all purpose computing, professional applications, movie sets, etc. So the high end, yes, you will see it, but for MacBook Air or the new Mac, which I th- assume is the MacBook Air replacement ultimately, or is a yeah. technology that will be the MacBook Air replacement, I think you will see that. Also, we have faster and faster standards for Wi-Fi. So the need for wires is lessened. And that's it, that occasionally you'll need it, but not so much. So you're going to get yourself a MacBook. Let's move on with other interesting things here. And that is the story in America, which has no value in Europe. And you'll explain why. A story in America that Apple is planning a subscription TV service. Because here in America, we have a phenomenon called cord cutting, where people are tired of what they call cable or satellite tyranny, where you have to spend a bundle for 400 stations to get the 20 or 15 or 10 that you want to watch regularly. So instead of giving it a la carte, you're getting all these smaller services, just like Netflix, which is a separate service offering its own programming, or you get things like Sling TV from Dish Network, which is just a small number of channels, but fed online. So Apple supposedly is entering that arena. What's your take on it? So I think we've talked about this several times on the show. Cable never really took off in Europe, probably because at the time that cable was starting in the States, uh, Europe had mostly state-run TV broadcasters. Most European countries did. I think France's first private TV channel was sometime in the 1980s or the very late 70s. So this is well after cable um, started becoming common in the States. There is some cable in France. There is a little bit of cable in the UK. Uh, I think there's cable in London and a couple of other cities, but it's extremely limited. So TV over here has generally been by satellite and more recently over DSL. In France, I had TV over DSL for years, and it was a very good provider. It was the same provider I used for my mobile phone and my uh, broadband um, and my landline. And I could choose each channel I wanted a la carte for a euro or two per month. And a movie channel might have been 10 euros, but you would get all these options. Uh, Over here, the company that I use for my mobile and broadband is just starting to add TV over DSL. So it's a little bit later here in the UK. Um, But satellite has been the sort of standard way to get TV in most European countries. Now, satellite works pretty much on the same principle with bundles. You get your basic 20, 30 channels, whatever it is. Um, Then you add a movie bundle, a kid's bundle, a sport bundle, etc. to get what you want. The prices are probably, I don't know, probably pretty close to U.S. prices. But the difference is that a lot of this content other than the, the local sport content, a lot of this content is coming from the U.S. Um, if you've got, say, HBO, who's, who's the first one to to announce it to doing something on, on the Apple TV, you may have HBO series on two or three different channels here in the U.K. because they're, they're not sold. They don't sell everything from HBO to the same channel. They're sold to different channels who have different programming desires. Let's get on to this uh, next segment with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, let Bitdefender worry about security. Just enjoy your Mac. Bitdefender antivirus for Mac. Complete protection 24-7. And take a selfie with your Mac, post it on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and tag it Hug a Mac for a chance to win a MacBook Air. 
To learn more, go to bitdefender.com backslash hugamac, bitdefender.com backslash hugamac. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TechNightOwl for a special discount. Go. It's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-2237 for the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As Good As Gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. By now, you may have heard a bit about bitcoins but did you know bitcoins are now over an 8.5 billion dollar market and did you know that over 65,000 businesses now accept bitcoins listen if you're already earning bitcoins or trying to make money in the bitcoin market you've got to know bidbit.co why because bidbit.co is where you can easily receive bitcoins by selling and auctioning off your own personal items or promote business products and services for bitcoins you heard right whether personal or business you can now buy sell and auction your product and services quickly, easily, and securely for Bitcoin at BidBit.co, the first and only marketplace website to offer BidBit escrow, a proprietary technology which gives buyers and sellers security and peace of mind because all transactions are protected. Start today. It's free to join, free to post, free to auction, and free to bid at BidBit.co. Buy, sell, bid, or auction everything Bitcoin. That's www.bidbit.co. BidBit.co. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So how is TV in Europe? How does it compare with America where you have the cable and the satellite and everything? Now, what you're describing to me in the areas where they offer satellite or DSL-based television, it's very much similar to what we have here. Maybe channels are organized differently like it would be for maybe HBO or the premium networks. But it's the same thing. You pay a monthly fee for a bucket of stations, and usually it's difficult to get just the ones you want. you got to buy different packages to get everything, and everything adds up. So I don't see much of a difference. Well, the difference, as I said, is it's very easy to cut the cord and to pay for a particular channel in the States because they're producing their own content. Whereas here, any content that's not produced locally is coming from a variety of different channels in the States. And the local channels here don't have the same, what would be the the same tone. So you know that HBO has HBO style series, right? But you could get them on four different channels here, the HBO series. So Game of Thrones is on one channel and Sopranos maybe on a different one, etc. Since they're licensing content, they can't sell it in the same way. In other words, they're, they're funneling content into a number of different channels. So they can't resell it in, in the same way that U.S. channels are basically reselling their content because they're the, the sort of, what would you call them, the first producer, the first broadcaster over here. They're buying rights to something that's either on at the same time or has been on previously in the States. Okay, so there, it's still the same issue in terms of unbundling. You have to buy a bucket of stations, however it's organized. In in the UK, in France, as I said, this one provider sells it on an a la carte basis. All right, so they do have a la carte. And I guess that's the problem here, because right now, other than a network like Netflix or iTunes or a place where you can just rent a movie or buy a TV show. All the services that are being offered for cord cutters, Sony has one now, they appear to be subsets of traditional cable or satellite. You pay for a bucket of stations, and then if you want more stations, you pay for extra buckets. But you don't have a la carte. Now, maybe that's what Apple is planning. Maybe that's the thing that we don't understand, that Apple will give you column A, column B, etc., Choose one from column A, two from column B. Choose only the stations you want. That's what it looks like now with the HBO deal. So HBO is going to be the first, but there are starting to be rumors about a new Apple TV coming out um, in the summer, which would include more channels, uh, an app store, etc. But the problem Uh, with that is here is that if you pay separately for each channel, you suddenly have... 15 or 20 different services or apps, each of which may have different channels or different services, you add it up, you're not saving any money. What I'm saying here is maybe I want to watch the sci-fi channel, FX Network, and USA. Now, we understand there's a problem between NBC Universal and Apple. That may not happen. But just say, I want those three, I want HBO, and now I want my local stations. And that's it. I don't want anything else. I don't want to pay for anything else. I can't do that today. In fact, will Apple TV even give you the local stations? 
No, it's not designed to. It's only going to be streaming HBO, at least for now, talking about this HBO deal. No, we're talking about the new service, the one that's being right. We, we don't know yet whether they're going to be able to do that. That's um, the question, Mark, because I think that's the problem. You see, I understand that millennials supposedly are looking for entertainment in different places, and maybe they don't care about event television as much as old codgers like you and I might. But Apple isn't just going to introduce another streaming TV network service. Because otherwise, it's just like Sling TV or the new Sony service. They're not going to do that. They have to do something different. And one of the things that's really wrong with current service is that you can't have a la carte. Now, I see there's an argument sometimes for all the extra channels, which is we give you all this stuff. And maybe today you only want six stations, but you get 100 for a basic package. And now you're going through the dials and suddenly you discover a show you never saw before and you find a new station, and you start watching it, and suddenly it's not six stations, it's seven. You're able to discover things you never knew about. But if you have to buy just the six, stations would just remain unwatched. Yeah, I think the problem is, so we have terrestrial digital TV here, and we've got about 40, 50 channels. We maybe watch six of them at most. I'd like to get rid of the other ones. Um, rather than have more other ones that maybe one day I'll want to watch. I mean, they run reruns of the Jerry Springer show here, you know, in SD 443 format. We're talking probably shows from the 90s. I don't want channels like that. The, the problem is, you're saying, you were talking about local channels earlier. You're saying that you can't get local channels over the air, or that since everyone has cable, they don't even have antennas on their roofs to be able to get local over the air broadcasts. Well, here's the situation where I live. If I just use an indoor antenna, a digital antenna, I've tried this. I have an indoor antenna that I gave away to somebody, but I bought one just to see how it worked at Radio Shack. Maybe I was the last customer at Radio Shack, but (laughs) regardless. Okay, I bought this and my reaction was hit or miss because I could get maybe two thirds of the stations that were available. The rest kind of broke apart i have to move the antenna back and forth like a rabbit ears i'm at the fringe area of good digital reception so my solution would be to put up a physical antenna on the roof so the landlord would probably say sure you know he doesn't care (laughs) if you saw this place you'd understand why and if he's listening he knows what i think about it but in any case all right suddenly i'm back to the way tv was before cable which is i had my own antenna But the reason you get cable is you want them to do all the heavy lifting, get the stations you can't receive, just plug it in, turn it on. So the question goes back to that. Yeah, but the the problem is, if if you want to cut the cord and get rid of cable, but you still want your local channels, you're going to have to get the local channels in a different way. And this seems to make sense. I can't see Apple offering local channels uh, through the Apple TV. That's not how it's going to work, because you're going to have to choose from hundreds and hundreds of local areas in the United States, and it's way too big. Well, the Um, other issue here, it gets back to the beginning, which is, all right, so your choice there is to get Apple TV service for your traditional cable satellite channels. The local channels, you stick up your own antenna, or you get basic cheap cable. The other option, which is actually probably cheaper, is you get the lowest cost package from your cable service, from your satellite service, the cheapest service they offer, they'll give you the local stations. Maybe you spend a few dollars more a month for HD. And I have that. I don't need to worry about the antenna. So why do I need Apple? 
to physically well, cut the cord? What's the purpose? And the other the, problem, here's the other problem, that is the bandwidth cap. I'm streaming stuff online, and we can talk about in our next segment. I'm streaming all this high-definition content, or even 4K content, because I expect the next Apple TV set-top box will offer the Ultra HD. I'm streaming all this stuff. I'm using up my bandwidth. So suddenly, I get screwed on the other end because the ISP will either cut me off, throttle me, or charge me for overage. Kirk McElhern is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Great minds think alike. The network for the independent-minded. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just $19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV As a parent, one of my greatest concerns is for the safety and well-being of my family. But no matter how concerned I am, it doesn't take the place of taking action and preparing for the unknown. I plan by having a GoFood savings account where I allocate a little money each month to have health store quality food delivered to my door at budget store prices. Although GoFoods are storable for 25 years, they are family mealtime favorites even today. My family asking to eat the food that we are storing lets me know that when we only have the food we stored to live on, that we won't have the added stress of eating unfamiliar or undesirable food. Buying GoFoods is investing in the future of my family. Convenient packages allow me to buy according to my budget, and I get free shipping on my monthly orders. To set up your GoFood savings account, call 800-648-9753 or on the web at www.storefoodnow.com. That's 800-648-9753. The freeze-dry guy, leader in the preparedness industry for 44 years, is closing his California warehouse. 
Don't miss out on this huge warehouse sale and receive discounts from 30 to 40% off on the finest Mountain House and Packaway brand freeze-dried and dehydrated foods for long-term food storage or even everyday use. Plus deep discounts on all in-stock survival gear. The Freeze-Dry Guy is offering a wide selection of freeze-dried foods in number 10 cans and even individually packaged entrees. Remember, meats, vegetables, fruits, and long-range patrol rations are the main components for any long-term food storage. This is limited to stock on hand, so hurry and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, as always, free shipping to the lower 48 states. So hurry up and call 866-404-3663 or 530-798-4414. Remember, this is limited to stock on hand. The freeze-dry guy is your choice for survival food in an uncertain world. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, the cord cutter's dilemma. You see my point, Kirk, about the yeah, bandwidth I, I problem? Had, I had thought about the bandwidth problem because... Very yeah. few members of the media mentioned that. They talk about this, will Apple do this? How will they organize it? All the nuts and bolts. But I worry about, what do I do when I receive it? What do I give up? Do I have to restrict my watching to an hour a day because I'll use up all my bandwidth? Or does Apple make a deal with the ISPs, not for prioritizing or fast lanes, but they stick their servers into the data centers from the ISPs so they don't have to download each file separately and it doesn't count against your bandwidth cap. Yeah. So in other words, they would be sweetening the deal for the local ISPs. So the ISPs aren't using up a lot of uh, network bandwidth, at least incoming to their servers. That sounds like a pretty complicated deal, though, for Apple to do. Now, there are rumors that Apple is planning to buy a satellite. Perhaps this has something to do with it, to create the sort of backbone using a satellite and to install servers, as you say, uh, in different locations for ISPs. Maybe this is somehow related. Yes, but you're going to need a network of satellites, you know. Remember, how many satellites does Dish Network have? And we understand Apple's starting from zero. How many satellites does DirecTV have? And I don't have the numbers. I could look it up. But Apple would have to get involved there in multiple satellites. Or maybe that's why Tim Cook and Elon Musk are talking. Maybe the other thing that Elon Musk does, which is to launch things into space, maybe... Yep. He'll launch satellites for Apple's new TV service. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, since a lot of people already get their internet over cable, what's going to happen when you cancel your cable TV subscription? They're going to raise the price of your internet, right? It's probably cheaper because you've got the two. Right. So uh, maybe you're spending 10 or $20 a month more, which is what Apple may be charging you, 20 or 30 or $40. So suddenly some of that difference goes away when you unbundle. Yeah, it's it's actually complicated. There are an awful lot of variables because the HBO thing is $30 a month. That's just for HBO. No, it's 15. Um, it's 15. It's 15. I'm sorry. It's $15 a month. Pay hey, HBO to your cable. It's all bundled. So, you know, it's buried, but usually it's 10 or $15. But what happens here is you decide that you want HBO and Showtime. Right. And stars. You add them up and they always have a deal, such a deal. 
So think about it, though. HBO has $15 a month service. And then there's a service from Showtime, $15 a month. It's $30. And then you add stars, $45. And And then then you add the $20 package from Apple or the $30 package from Apple. Or other channels at $5 or $10. So you're still getting up to the kind of price that you might have been paying before for cable without all of the extra channels which maybe you don't care, or maybe you do watch professional wrestling or multiple martial arts or whatever it's called, and you do want those channels. It's not, it's not a simple thing. I don't think TV programming is simple. I think the only way it could become simple is if everything is purely a la carte, if you pay a buck an episode for every series you want to watch from HBO, but even that costs an awful lot more than $15 a month. You're seeing here the problem. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. And this is you and me, people with knowledge of tech things and able to make the calculations. My mom in South Carolina, she wouldn't be able to figure this out. She doesn't have a computer, so she wouldn't be doing it. But even if she did, she wouldn't be able to figure out all these different things when you're talking about, um, you know, checking your bandwidth, data caps and anything like that. This gets really complicated for a lot of people. So again, I don't have an argument in favor of cord cutting, unless you're very restrictive in what you watch. You don't watch local stations, not a lot of network fare. Netflix or maybe adding Hulu Plus gives you most of what you want because Hulu Plus gives you a lot of network fare for limited commercials, that kind of thing. And then the other question we have is, does Apple let you time shift? Now, with the Sony service, you'll be able to store it for 28 days. So is this going to be a cloud-based system where everything is on demand. So anything you don't want to watch right away, you go into the on-demand thing and you pick the show you want or you reserve it or something like that. What do they do about time shifting? Because that's really a big thing nowadays about any kind of TV, especially for terrestrial stations, as a matter of fact, higher and higher numbers time shift. So a show may have a mediocre rating, and they look at the time shifting, the DVR statistics. I think it's DVR plus three, the ones who watch the show three days later. And they add that together and they say, my heavens, a lot of people are watching the show. We'll keep it on the air. That has saved the lives of these marginal shows. Yeah. Now, now with cable shows like USA Network or Sci-Fi, you have multiple showings of that show. And then yeah. you time shift. How does Apple deal with that? That's another question. A big question. Also, you want to fast forward through the commercials? Does Apple yeah. allow that? Yeah, good point. Well, I don't think an HBO channel would have commercials, would it? Well, we're not talking about HBO. We're talking about Apple offering. You're talking about, okay. This yeah. more a standard broader, stuff. You know, that it's not the HBO. They're offering if and when they get a deal with NBC, USA Network, or they're offering TNT, any of these stations, FX Network. Where you want to watch the Americans about in the 80s, the Russian spies come to America. You want to watch one of these shows. And how do you offer them? Can you fast forward through the commercials just like you can with the current services? Can you time shift those broadcasts? You know, it comes to the same thing and the same considerations. So these are all the questions that you ask. And this is why I still look at this as saying, if you want a normal bucket of channels, I can't see what Apple has to offer unless they completely overhaul it with complete a la carte and all sorts of other things, maybe limited commercials. You're paying a certain amount of money to get limited commercials, something like that. 
what does Apple do? What do they bring to the table to change the picture? The existing services don't do it. And I think the only advantage of cord cutting is where you want to give up everything and just have maybe Hulu Plus and Netflix and maybe occasionally rent a movie from iTunes. Yeah, the one thing that I was thinking that I, I that the Apple TV currently can stream from a Mac, from an iTunes library, it would be trivial to make the Apple TV able to stream to a Mac to record something that you want to time shift, assuming that it works with that time shifting as opposed to on demand. Um, but let's say a movie's on at a certain time and it's not an on-demand station in, you know, HBO movie and you want to record it, I can see this being done to your iTunes library. Well, then you just pop it into your iTunes library and you download it from iTunes, you stream it. No, well, no, no. I'm thinking that the Apple TV would do it. Um, but that's another possibility that if you've got the subscription through the Apple TV, maybe you can download things to your iTunes library overnight. Um, because, I don't know what it's like over there. When I had my satellite internet, which I canceled, by the way, um, bandwidth was unlimited overnight from about midnight to 6 a.m. So maybe you can set up iTunes to download things you want to watch overnight um, if you have a similar situation with your bandwidth limits. Of course, but the other limit is if you're taking products that are a couple of gigabytes in size and suddenly you're filling up your hard drive with all this stuff. So what do you do? After you watch it, does it auto-delete? Well, you would have to choose whether you keep it or not. The same way you choose um, if you keep, so you you, you buy a, a season pass for a TV series and you download it, um, you either delete it and choose to re-download it or stream it later, or you keep it in your iTunes library. That's totally up to you. Um, I would imagine if something like this were done, there would be a setting, you know, if you haven't watched something in a week, it gets deleted, because this does take up a lot of space. Uh, the other possibility is that the new Apple TV lets you plug a hard disk into it and automatically downloads things to an external hard disk instead of to your iTunes library. Then it becomes like the DVR you get now. Exactly. From Dish Network or Cox Contour, where you have, now they're up to like almost a terabyte hard drive. It's very common. You have a standard hard drive that you plug into your your Apple TV, which is equivalent to the standard DVR. So why do you need it? Let's talk about this in our next segment because it's very complicated. Kirk McElhern is with us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, they're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7, 365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. 
Attention listeners, SurvivalLife.com is giving away free EverStrike permanent matches for a limited time only. These matches are waterproof and will light in any weather condition, rain, snow, or sleet. It will still throw a spark. Its built-in ferro rod strikes at 3,000 degrees, and it is good for 15,000 strikes. Normally, $15. Today, it's free. Get yours at FreeSurvivalMatch.com. That's FreeSurvivalMatch.com. Hurry, supplies are limited. Visit FreeSurvivalMatch.com today. This is Tim Austin, Senior Vice President of Kmart. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. As a business leader, I know that babies born very sick or too soon cost businesses billions of dollars each year. That's why Kmart is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. As if chlorine in our water weren't bad enough, now they're adding ammonia? It's true. Some municipalities are now adding ammonia plus chlorine to your water supply. It's a disinfectant called chloramine. But with a trusted Big Berkey water filter, you can keep chloramine out of your water. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show EPA Berkey water filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market. The gold standard in water purification. And our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one that's powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here is what one doctor has to say about Extendovite. I would like to thank you, Don, for making my job so much easier because your products just make it so simple, right? To fool around with a lot of exotic things that don't work. We can just put them on your product and things start to work almost right away. I've had dozens and dozens of patients with uh, heart problems who have corrected them. And what it's doing, there's so much garlic in there that has a yeast-killing effect. The yeast is a big problem in the gut, pushes the liver heart. It also has metal chelating effect. And most of the other herbs in there I find that strengthen the arteries. They help to neutralize free radicals. Your remedy close to what we do in our program as you can get as far as one supplement goes. It's working on the the gut, it's working on the liver, it's working on the arteries. What more can you ask for? To get your Extendivite, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We're talking about the downsides of cable cord cutting. And I talked about this also with our previous guest, Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And now we're getting the viewpoint from an American who lives in the UK, used to live in France, Kirk McElhern, about the structure of a new Apple TV set-top box. Does Apple offer, say, an SSD or traditional hard drive or fusion drive module that you plug into it, and it becomes a two-part DVR 
And then how different is that from your traditional cable or satellite DVR? Maybe the interface is prettier, but otherwise, is it any different? Well, it wouldn't be, but a lot of this depends on whether these services are on demand or whether they're timed. So if you can watch a movie at any time following Wednesday at 8 p.m., for example, you don't need to record it, assuming you've got the bandwidth. You'll just stream it at any time. But if they're scheduled recordings, then you will want to be able to record them. You wouldn't want an Apple TV for scheduled recordings if it's not as good as your DVR, which lets you schedule a recording, basically. It lets you decide that you want to record something the next time it's on. Um, in particular, the kind of thing that if you're following a particular series, you set it to record the entire series so you don't have to record every episode. If the Apple TV isn't on demand, it's going to be a lot less efficient than any type of device that uses a DVR. Personally, let, let me just give you my opinion on all this. I don't pay for TV. I'm not that obsessed about TV. If there's something I want to watch, I can either get it from one of the on-demand things here, so after it's on the air, you'll, all the channels have the things on demand, or I'll buy or rent a movie. I generally rent. I don't buy movies from the iTunes store, or buy a season pass for a series, or wait till it's out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. The, I'm not willing to pay the cost of satellite TV or you know the equivalent of what you pay for cable. This said, I've heard people telling me they pay like $150 a month for cable. I can't imagine spending that much for TV. It just it doesn't make any sense. So you're an ideal cord-cutting candidate because you already cut the cord. I have no cord. Um, I, in France, I did have satellite TV for a couple of years, and then it got more expensive. Over here, see, one of the problems in Europe is that each country has a different you know, most countries have different languages. So you don't really have any pan-European service. Um, and each country generally has consolidated to a single provider. So there's only one provider in, in the UK, which is Sky. They have a monopoly on satellite TV. In there's other words, Rupert Murdoch has a monopoly. Exactly. There's one provider in France, a company called Canal Plus. There used to be a second one, which years ago we had subscribed to another one that was TPS, which basically is an abbreviation for TV by satellite. And Canal Plus bought them out, so consolidated. There's only one satellite provider in France, and that's the case in most countries here. Unless you're in a capital city where you do have an option for cable. Uh, my son is in Paris, and he could have cable TV, actually. You don't have any other options. It's a monopoly. It's not, you know, there's zero competition. So the pricing is just a little bit ridiculous. Here you have competition if you're in any location, almost any location that doesn't have an obstructed problem to satellite, you can get Dish Network, you can get Direct yep. TV, and one, at least one local provider for regular TV. So most places you have three. Maybe you live out in the boondocks and you're near the forest and there's no direct view to the satellite. So maybe there'll be a local DSL or something that offers TV on the side. Right. So most people, though, in the USA have that option. You don't always have that option when it comes to the ISPs. Maybe you only have one or one good one and one eh, yeah. not so good. Anyway, yeah. so long and short of it is we're speculating about something we don't know. Does it look reasonable for you, though, that this is Apple's solution to expanding the Apple TV set-top box? I do. And I think there are two things. Let's assume that Apple has one sort of streaming service that competes with Netflix and Amazon Prime Video, as I think that's very likely that they're going to build their own. That would be an interesting service. It'll be 
what is Netflix? Seven, eight dollars a month in the states. It's uh, eight ninety nine now. It just went up like in the right. last year. So it'll it'll be less than ten bucks a month for the same sort of quality that you get from Netflix and Amazon, which is three percent good, ninety seven percent straight to Netflix these days. Um, but you get some original series over here. Amazon gets some of the series, like you mentioned, the Americans. They've got the first two seasons of the Americans, but they don't get the current ones. Um, Netflix over here had Breaking Bad the last couple of seasons. Um, they have Better Call Saul now. And so they're getting things that are coming in, you know, one episode a week. So I think that's one thing that Apple can do to compete using the Apple TV as a sort of a wedge. The other thing is individual channels, HBO, Showtime, whatever, who can sell their services a la carte. And I think the combination of the two could be very interesting. I don't think it'll ever replace everything that you can get on cable TV in the States. My mother's a big tennis fan. And I think, or, or is it golf? There's, there's one channel she has. It's either all golf or all tennis. There is it, a golf channel. Yeah, it might be. It's one of those. And it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't probably get on the Apple TV, uh, at least not until it becomes a very mature platform. So what are they going to do? I, I'm pretty sure they're going to do something. Uh, at the same time, they're going to introduce streaming music. I would expect them to do a Netflix slash Amazon Prime video clone. And maybe they'll get some exclusives that the others don't. And they have the power to be able to tie deals with the iTunes store. So maybe in exchange for getting a certain movie highlighted on the iTunes store, they get another half a dozen movies exclusive on their streaming service or something like that. Now, there's, of course, it's a question of whether the FCC would allow that in terms of competition, and that gets even more complicated. But, you know, if you've got Netflix on the Apple TV, why wouldn't Apple build a competitor? It kind of makes sense because it's the only way they're really going to sell the Apple TV. What, what did Tim Cook say? They've sold 25 million of them. That's since the very first Apple TV. That's a long time. Is it? What is it? But about? remember also that, except for maybe the first generation, most people with an Apple TV, and that's probably more than 20 million of them, are probably still in service. That's a very well, important thing there. It's not like you buy a new one every two or three years. I have a 2012 Apple TV that I got in 2012, and it still works per Well, it works perfectly, but I replaced the remote control for $19. Yeah, there, there's not much you can change in the current Apple TV. The one you got would still be the 720p, right? in 2012. No, it's 1080p. Okay, so that was when the 1080 came out because the prior model was, was 720. Exactly. It was exactly the same except it was 720p. Um, there's not much you can do except to go to 4K and it's way too early for that. It's just a box that streams video and as long as it does HD and as long as it has you know a digital audio output for people who want to do that and HDMI plug, there's really not much to do with it. So Apple can't do anything with the Apple TV without improving on content. We, we have no idea how many movies they sell or rent, how many TV series they sell from the iTunes store. Coming up with a service to get people to nudge people to buy the device makes sense um, because obviously that service would also be available on the iPhone and the iPad, let's not forget. It wouldn't be limited to just the Apple TV. Right, and it's something where right now they guess Apple wouldn't make a big profit from. It's to sell your hardware. Kirk McElhern, please tell our listeners where we can find more of the things that you do. Uh, you can visit my website, Kirkville. That's www.mackelhern.com, M C 
E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me at Macworld, where I write about iTunes and lots of other things. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as Tech Night Owl. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. Follow us. We may follow you, neighbors. You can also check out our other radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. And this week, we're going to be talking about remote viewing, seeing things going on somewhere else without being there, precognition predicting things with Marty Rosenblatt at theparacast.com. That's theparacast.com. Please don't forget our premium service. We have a special version of the Tech Night Owl Live available for a modest subscription fee. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We offer higher quality audio, free of ads for $5 a month. That's a dollar and a quarter each episode, $50 a year, $175 for five years, plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com. Check it out, please. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me again, Gene. The Tech Night Out Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.